Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the studio of Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can also interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show, and you can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 68.5. And as always on the point five, I'm joined with the legal counsel of the Coach Bonos podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wigginter. Ida, how you doing? Doing good, Bo. How are you? I'm doing good. You adjust my sound a little bit. And uh, yeah, doing all right. It's, uh, it's a very cold day in Lawrence, Kansas. You're in Denver, and it's even colder there. It is. Not a fan of this cold weather at all. Well, you know, I've got my big fuzzy sweater on, so at yeah. least it's a good excuse for sweater weather. You have a great sweater game. I, <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I was telling you that before we came on, and I, I'm, I'm jealous of your sweater game. You, you have it just the coziest looking stuff. Yes. Uh, comfort is key beyond yeah. anything. Yeah. So I just, I, I'm a little jealous because right now I wish I could have something on as, as cozy looking as what you're wearing. So what's uh, uh, it's one of those uh, a little bit a lot. There's always a lot going on in the world. So let's just jump into a bunch of stuff here. Sure. Uh, Did you watch the football game last night? No, I did not. Uh, I I had it turned on for a hot second. Um, Nicholas had basketball practice till seven thirty, so I caught some of the third quarter as I was making dinner, and that's Mm -hmm. about it. I was like, oh, San Francisco is just winning and Gino uh was getting sacked a lot so we turned it off <laughs> yeah I, it was a mauling and I know that it ended up being the 49ers won't beat the Seahawks 21 to 13 which looks closer than it was there was a late touchdown for Seattle in there mm-hmm. uh on the last possession at one point it was a mauling it was like oh my god this 49er team is just killing this the Seahawks uh there was a pick six that they took that the 49ers got uh, they ended up being wiped out by a penalty, but uh, it was, I'm impressed with this Brock Purdy kid. He, he proves my point that Jimmy Garoppolo is not useful. <laughs> and, and honestly, I did not watch any of the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay game on yeah. Sunday yeah. either. So I didn't see how big it was for him to beat, you know, yeah. TB3, but, or TB12, but um Hey, Mr. Relevant, being a quarterback and winning his first two games coming off the bench is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I was laughing. I was looking at something, and it was uh, the end of the game last night. They showed a stat, and it was his Brock Purdy is the first quarterback to beat a Super Bowl-winning quarterback and Super Bowl-winning coach in his first two two games. Oh, wow. I thought – that's an interesting tidbit, but it ha- has no validity whatsoever. It's like just one of those made-up statistics. Oh, it sure. It doesn't mean anything. Like It's not like some kind of reward where you go, oh, wow, that was really great. Uh, it, it just the funniest thing to me that they, they, they put some of these things on here, and you're like, what in the hell? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, what else are they going to draw from, though? They have to have something to make it yeah. punchy, I guess, but yeah, yeah. So, some of that, some of that stuff, well, a yeah. lot of it is just straight nonsense. Yeah. So, um, it has been, uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting game though. And luckily I had picked the right way to go. Uh, I gotta admit, I've been gambling too much. You know, there's hotlines for that. Yeah. Now I, I, I say too much. I don't mean that I've been uh, gambling too much money because a lot of times it's not a lot of money, but sure. um, I got to tell you, we, we, I asked you when we came on, I'll let everybody in on the secret. So I, before we came on, I said, have you ever seen a cricket game before? Are you anything about cricket? And you were like, well, you know, a little bit, but not much. And it was, why are they still playing? Last <laughs> night at 10 o'clock, you know, it is 1030 AM. Central time as we record this on Friday, Thursday night at ten o'clock. I was goofing around and bet five bucks. It's five bucks. What are you gonna do on India versus Bangladesh in cricket? Okay, that game is still going on, and it may go on for another two days. 
Yes. And I do, you know what I don't like about that is I like to know when I'm going to win and I like to win and be done, you know. And that's never, that never do a parlay with cricket in it. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm not messing around with that ever. I'm not ever betting a cricket game ever again. I have found myself betting $5 or $3 on, um, let's see, a, a Chinese professional basketball game this past week at okay. three o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep. I'm just literally following the game on DraftKings. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. All right. Oh, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> as the score changes. Uh, then I bet $3 on an Australian women's basketball game. Okay. Yeah, and I won. I won both bets. And so I was talking to my wife, Jen, yesterday. You know Jen. Um, yep. I was talking to her yesterday morning. I was eating, we were eating breakfast, and I said, I said, baby, I think I have a problem. She goes, what? I said, I was betting on a women's Australian basketball game last night. And she goes, how much did you bet? <laughs> I said, I bet $3. And she was like, that's not a problem. She said, you were bored. Yeah. I mean, some people <laughs> scroll Twitter or Instagram. You yeah. just scroll the betting apps and find shit that's going on. Yeah. I'm just looking for something to do, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, one of those things. Um, yeah. So uh, we talked last week a little bit about uh, this is our favorite part of the year for baseball. One of our favorite parts of the year for baseball is the hot stove and all the free yep. agency stuff. And since we last talked, a couple of signings have happened. As we predicted, Carlos Correa, uh, Carlos Correa uh, signed with the Giants. Mm-hmm. The Giants whiffed on Judge and they whiffed on um, Bogarts. And now they decided to go, they had to spend some money to spend it on Correa. Um, mm-hmm. it's a good deal and he's a great player. I, I actually like Carlos Correa quite a bit. He is someone who is in the museum if you're at, at the house. Yeah. I have a pair of his shoes and one of his uh bats. Nice. So yeah. Um, which reminds me to talk to you about something else later. Um then uh your Cubs yeah. sign yeah. Brad Boxberger, who is yeah. a really yeah. good bullpen arm. That's a really good pickup, and they got him cheap too. Well, and we need the help. So I'm happy for it. Yeah. It looks like you guys are the favorites on Dansby Swanson now. You know, even what happened a couple of years ago at the trade deadline where they just decimated what was left of the 2016 World World Series lineup, I'm glad Ricketts is finally spending some money. Um, I get concerned with Cubs because – they do, they've never consistently spent money. And when they do, they'll get somebody who's just a crazy free agent signing that doesn't pan out. So I'm hoping that if this does happen, it's a good thing. I mean, especially after losing Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals, you know, some of the, the most beloved Cubs players have just disappeared over the last five years yeah it, it's a rough time to be a cubs fan but i yeah. think they, they can get dance responsive after adding cody bellinger it's a point in the right direction and boxberger's gonna be a great arm in the bullpen um it, it'll be interesting I mean, there's still a lot to do at least your team's adding players my team's just subtracting players so i mean you have to think though that if if the socks are clearing Maybe they're looking for a big hit. There's or you think they're just Red tanking Sox. at this point? I think the Red Sox. Well, the Red Sox didn't want to pay Bogart. They didn't want to give Bogart the number of years that the uh, the Padres did. Uh-huh. And which I get, I do get that. I mean, that's eleven years for a player who's already thirty is a lot. Right. Um, they had better get Raphael Devers extended because if they okay. lose Raphael Devers, they're losing Bogarts, they're losing bets. You know, an easy year, these three years period. It's going to be a rough time in Boston. Sure, they did add the uh, the gentleman from Japan. Um, what I'm seeing, everything I'm seeing, they're over. They way overpaid for the guy. Okay, uh, one of the things I've saw, I shared it on Twitter. One of the things on the Athletic that they had called around to GMs, and the GMs were like, "Sock screw this one up." Huh. Um, okay, yeah, I said that. The, the, the Sox paid probably one and a half times they should have paid. Like well, the Heat, they were by far the biggest 
uh, bitter. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, it's it's just crazy. It's uh, Yoshida is the gentleman's name, right? From, from uh, Japan who came over. So yeah, the, the Red Sox posted up a five-year deal, um, five years, ninety million, and then um, an extra fifteen million to the Japanese team. Yep. Yeah. Here's the article. Actually, I was it wasn't athletic. It was ESPN.com. And one of the one of the quotes in here was from one of the uh, GMs was, "I have no words for how much they overpaid." Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then and then the other bad news as a Red Sox fan this week is the designating for assignment of their former number one prospect, Jeter Downs, mm -hmm. who was the biggest prospect they got in the Mookie Betts trade. Okay. He has now been DFA'd, which means if he is now, any team can claim him as long as they put him on the 40-man roster. Um, if he clears waivers, then he can come back and be put on a minor league contract, but he was already on the 40-man the, the roster for the Red Sox. It's a bad deal. Already. That, was the, that was the centerpiece like the future piece to the Mookie Betts trade. Okay. And now he's been DFA. That's, it just goes to show that, you know, I was listening to another podcast. This is a month ago about somebody else, but it made me think, you ever seen one of those trades where it actually went well for the team that got all the prospects? It's very, very rare. I mean, the yeah. prospects for a reason. <laughs> the only one I can think of in my entire life is the Herschel Walker for, for the, to the Cowboys from the Cowboys to the Vikings for all those picks that the Cowboys did the great They call it the great trade robbery. Yeah. Okay. But that's not baseball, but that's football. Right. But that was Jimmy Johnson out thinking the Vikings too. That's a great, have you ever heard that story? What happened and how that worked? I don't recall it at all because that was a chance. Crazy. There's an on ESPN plus. It's like a thirty for thirty, but it's a it's a short. It's one of the thirty for thirty shorts mm -hmm. called the Great Trade Robbery, where he, where Jimmy Johnson explains what he did. Basically, he signed. You know, he became the Cowboys coach. Looked around and says, "We don't have anything. These guys are all old and they all suck." And so he had Michael Irv. That was the only player he had that he was like, "Okay, this guy could play." He looked around. He was talking to his coaches one day and says, "What do we have?" And they said, "We got Herschel Walker." Uh -huh. so they made a trade with the Vikings. It ended up being seven draft picks. But what okay. Jimmy Johnson did was he attached to each to each player, but there were seven players in the deal. But each player had an attached draft pick. If they were not on the Cowboys roster the next season, you got the draft oh, wow. pick for the player. So it's basically it's the player and a step down. Mm -hmm. And so he just cut all the players. He I think he kept one. He cut the other six, and he got six draft picks instead. And then do wiggling and getting everything. They they on the thirty for thirty. If you go back and watch it, it's they actually show what he did with the trades. And Herschel Walker netted him Emmett Smith. Um, they already had. They were getting Aikman because they had the number one pick, but it ended up getting them like Larry Allen, um, two or three other like those baseline Cowboys that won two Super Bowls and everything. I was going to say that helped them build that dynasty. Yeah, the... he used that deal to build the, yeah. But okay. you never see that. In baseball, you never see that. You never see the, the team that got the prospects win. And I, to me, baseball is so much different than any other professional sport because of how long the players are sitting in a minor league situation and may never get out of it. Yeah. And they may, and they project to something, they project to something different a year later. It's, it's uh -huh. ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm not very pleased with my Red Sox right now, but uh, I think you one thing that is fun this week. I, I want to, I want to kind of get out of baseball for a minute. I want to get over to this. I've never been a soccer fan. Okay. When I was younger, I was anti-soccer. I think a lot of people from our generation that were like me, who were staunch football people, were kind of anti-soccer. And a few it was years ago, break. yes, that was a big part of it. And a few years ago, a buddy of mine, a guy that I used to work with years ago, said, hey, 
check this out. It was during the World Cup. This is mm-hmm. so now. I was like, this isn't bad. Okay. You know, there's an excitement. The crowd helps. Yes. The crowd definitely helps. I got to tell you, I watched both of the semifinal World Cup games. And I'm kind of hooked. I'm like, okay. You know, like I watched the U.S. games. Yeah. I kind of glanced at them, I guess. I didn't really have to watch them in fully because the bottom were on during those while I was working. But I watched both the semifinals games and I was like, this is, it, it is exciting. And I figured out what it is. It's the crowd. The crowds the are atmosphere. great. And if, um, you know, I, I would definitely say go to a sporting game. Even the MLS yeah. crowds are a lot of fun. Yeah, and sporting's a really good experience here. Um, even the Rapids out here, they're like season ticket holders and they're their version of the cauldron that sporting has. It's a lot of fun just to kind of be in that atmosphere because it's people who just like football, they love the sport and they're very knowledgeable about it. So you learn a lot just being at the games. Yeah. So I'm actually looking forward to getting up on Sunday morning, which I never get up early on Sundays, (laughs) Uh, but I'll be getting up early on Sunday and watching the world cup final. I'm rooting for France. Um, so Nicholas and I were talking about this in the car for the drop off as he was betting out of my DraftKings account on the game, um, because I'm a good mom and teaching my 13 year old how to do this. Uh, we both decide that we're taking Argentina. I think it's, it's kind of one of those destiny things with Messi. This is the one thing he doesn't have in the international soccer sphere. France has been pretty good. They've got some injuries. They now have some illness that's going through, which may be MERS, maybe COVID, maybe the flu. No one really knows because they aren't being very uh, open about it, which is understandable. And so they may end up being down a couple of players that they weren't anticipating being down. Yeah. Or they may have to sub earlier than what they anticipated just because people don't have the legs or the lungs to go 90, 120 minutes. So it'll be good. And I think I'll probably even watch the, the third place game tomorrow with Croatia and, and Morocco. It yeah. should be a good game. Yeah. I'll be uh, glued to football on Saturday. And then in the morning, I got to do some stuff around the house. So. I mean, I listen, I, I've got the Miami, Ohio, UAB football game from the bowl game from the Bahamas on right now. So I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. But just as a random side note with the yeah. World Cup stuff, yeah. I, I was uh, really, really bummed out last weekend to hear about Grant Wall's passing. He's Yeah, um, let's talk about that. You, you're um, on this a little more than I am, so go ahead and get it. And get well, I just, I mean, he's our age. You know, he was 48, yeah. 49 years old, had uh, an aneurysm. And basically his heart kind of just burst. Unfortunately, he was very passionate about soccer, but I started following him years ago when he was writing at SI under college basketball. His mom was a huge KU person. He was a huge KU person. Uh, He posted an article talking about his mom's love of KU after she passed, which just reminded me a ton of Marge, my mom. Um, it just sucks. It, it sucks that someone so young who was so talented at what he did and uh, just someone who I admired, of course, didn't know him, but he went to Shawnee Mission East or Shawnee Mission West, I think. So he's a local guy and it just, I don't know, it it was one of those things that just really sucked. <laughs> but, you know, I, when we were talking last week, you mentioned it and I could see that it was it was hitting you kind of hard. Yeah. I, I, but kind of why I didn't bring it up last week. I was like, oh, let's, let's kind of not talk about it. And then this, and then I haven't followed it because like when it happened, I saw someone from his family take to Twitter and his and, brother, and brother, I think, yeah. And said that this wasn't a, uh, this, that he was murdered and this and that. And well, I'm I like, mean, he, he was detained going into his first World Cup match because he was wearing uh, a rainbow, uh, rainbow yeah. shirt okay. and you know, the Qatari authorities have been stopping people and making them take all that stuff off. Yeah. So I, I just, um, my heart bleeds for the, anyone. I mean, 
you're right. At our age, and we're we're under fifty, but you know, yep. north of forty, under fifty, you go, man, that just seems so young and needless. Yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, he everything that I've <clears throat> excuse me seen about him is that he was just such a gracious and helpful person within the industry and everything else. So, um, you know, I'm glad it wasn't anything nefarious. Yeah. As to anything that. It, they've been able to determine and his wife had confirmed that, but, uh, yeah, it just kind of sucks. And then you see Mike Leach too pass away this week. Yeah. Another just incredible human being and yeah. probably the mo- most unique college football coach we will ever see. And it just, it sucks. Yeah. He, uh, Mike coach Leach, we were talking about that on the pod on the uh, regular pod with Uncle Rico. And it was, I was saying about coach Leach. It's like, you know, he's one of those guys that, um, as a coach, he's one of those guys you kind of look at and you go, wow, you can be unique. And that uniqueness is a good thing. Yes. And I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, it was, you know, like you were saying, it, he, he's he had definitely a personality. And that's what makes college football great. At least mm-hmm. it used to make college football great is that you had personalities as coaches. Yes. And they're becoming a little more CEO type now. Um. Yeah, but I do think that, you know, Mike Leach was kind of the, you know, the pirate. He was one of the last ones kind of like that. And uh, yeah. I guess we, get to, we get, guess we get to hang on the Lane Kiffin of all people nowadays. <laughs> Which is wild to think about. But think he's about, about as spicy as they come these days. About as spicy, yeah, the spicy as you come is Lane Kiffin now. Um, you know, and we, you either like him or you don't. Yeah. You know, there's things I like about Lane Kiffin. There's things I don't. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I'm glad you brought up the Grant Wall thing. It's... Um, it's just sad. It's sad to see that, especially the circumstances of where he was at, what he's doing and everything else. It's yeah. just, at least he, you know, I guess you can take some kind of solace in that he passed doing something he loved. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was there reporting on a game that was about to go into PKs and he didn't get to see it. But like you said, he was chasing what he loved and loved what he did. Yeah. So we should all be so lucky in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I, I wanted to ask you about a, uh, this is going to get to put your legal hat on. I know we didn't Uh-oh. talk about this, but, but uh, there is an article that came out yesterday afternoon, and it's on ESPN.com, um, that the National Labor Relations Board has directed its Los Angeles office to pursue unfair labor practices against the University of Southern California, the PAC-12, and the NCAA. Saying this, okay. basically say that they're going to argue that student athletes are employees. Okay. I mean, Penn State tried this a few years ago. They tried to organize. Yep. And they were shot down in court. Mm-hmm. I guess it's interesting to me why they're uh, dealing with a private university. Uh, the claim was filed on behalf of USC athletes by the National College Players Association, an advocacy group, this is straight from the article, that has led several campaigns to increase various benefits that college athletes receive. So it's okay. more about, yeah, a, a third party is coming in and saying that, hey, these are employees, they should be treated as such, and that they should have the rights to, um, the rights to uh, basically to unionize. Okay, so is this the entity that was formed out of the Penn State movement, I wonder? I would assume so. I don't see okay. much about it. Um, I'm reading through this. Yeah, so. I had totally missed that. I saw that. some passing last night, and then I just, just, it just reminded me when I saw it here a moment ago as well. And it's, it's interesting given the timing with Caleb Williams winning the Heisman. Yeah. Um, and I wonder what that has to do with it. Uh, and of course... NCAA now has a new president. Uh, Governor Charlie Baker is coming in to take over from Mark Emmert. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I wonder, oddly enough, if having a politician come in to lead uh, an amateur athletic association is going to create more change than we would have anticipated. I mean. Mark Emmert yeah. was never going to do anything. So no. we know that he was an idiot and handled this whole NIL stuff really, really, really poorly. Yeah. 
Well, I was I was listening to something about that on ESPN a couple nights ago. Uh-huh. They're talking about how the new, you know, again the new the incoming uh, head of the NCAA, yep. uh, current uh, Massachusetts governor, as you were saying. Yep. Uh, I guess a part of it was they want someone who is in political circles because they realize that this is going to get political. This is going to get into the legal system. And this is going to be like, maybe this is another step towards all that. And- well, and I guess, you know, because I think my understanding is based on our discussions over the summer and stuff, NIL is still pretty much dictated by the state level. Yeah. And so there's no overarching guidelines because NCAA just basically said, follow your state yes. statutory guidelines. Yeah. I was talking to a friend who's a coach here and he said that that's what they've been told. It's that you follow the state law and mm-hmm. as long as you don't break the state law, you're going to be okay. But every state's different. And in some states they're changing laws. You know, they had more restrictive laws in certain places. I know that for instance, Alabama and Georgia have both, uh, taking laws off the books that were more restrictive. Makes sense. Because they didn't want to affect change to their largest public universities in those programs. So it, um, makes, it makes me wonder if you get someone like Charlie Baker in to help create some sort of uniform standard, which... Well, yeah. And can be presented by the states for them to pass that it's the same kind of thing everywhere. Could be that, that that's probably what they're trying to work to. I, there's also been a uh, you know a Senate a group working with the Senate, and that included, of course, Tommy Tuberville and uh, Joe Manchin. And it's like, okay, well, you you just chose two of the most like I don't know people who shouldn't be involved in this, right? I know Tommy Tuberville was a fo- was a football coach, but that doesn't make him qualified to. In his case, it's not like he's he's not even qualified to be a senator. No, he's, he's an idiot. Yeah, Tommy Tuberville is not an intelligent man. No. His name is Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> That's Southern as fuck. It is. <laughs> Tommy it is. Tuberville. Vote for Tommy Tuberville. Uh. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> a little early for me to start dropping F-bombs, but... Yeah, you know, it's never too early. Yeah, people deserve it sometimes. Um... One cool piece of news, and I was kind of like, I was wasn't taken aback by this, but I thought it was funny. You see, Drew Brees got a job. No, Drew Brees got a job. Drew Brees is an assistant coach at Purdue. Oh, that's fun. Only for about a month, he's going to help him out for the bowl game. Prepare for the bowl. Okay. Game. Yeah, so he's you know they've got a new staff there and everything, so he's coming uh-huh. in to work with the, to work with the players for bowl game preparation. Okay. Because a lot of times you see like new coaches come in and then new coaches don't want to coach the bowl game because he's got to get all the stuff in place for the program. Right. That's what's happening at Purdue. So okay. Drew Brees is stepping in to work with the offense for the bowl That's game. That's fun. The fun, well, the fun part is, is that he's doing it and Purdue's playing LSU. So um, <laughs> a lot of folks down in Louisiana are like, Drew, what are you doing? Don't help Purdue out right now. They're playing us. <sighs> Which is also fun because he actually spent some time at LSU in the preseason working with the quarterbacks. Okay. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. He, yeah, but he's officially listed as because you know the NCAA has rules on how many coaches you can have. Sure. We have officially listed him as uh, an assistant coach. I think it's like an assistant coaching intern. Uh, He's listed as an assistant coach for now. Okay. And so he is permitted to work directly with the student athletes and participate in recruiting activities. I don't know how much that would be parlayed, but that would be kind of fun to have Drew Brees show up at your house on a recruiting visit. Yeah. He said, Brees was told WWL radio down in New Orleans that this is a temporary job. He says it's a short term thing. This came about as Coach Brom leaving. And us being in a position where we're trying to fill the gap between now and after the bowl game. Sure. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. You know, it's probably something really cool for those players. Well, yeah. Uh, Louisville is doing something similar. Deion Branch is coaching their team. Oh, okay. He was already an assistant coach at Louisville. Okay. And he's a Louisville alum. And so they've, they've they lost their coach at Cincinnati. Yeah. They're playing in a bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> 
but he's not coaching the game for Cincinnati yet. Right. Uh, Cincinnati's having their special teams coach be the head coach. And he was on the previous staff and is being held over. So there's some continuity there. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's why I will warn people, be careful if you're betting on bowl games. There's a lot of shit like that going on. Sure. Like I remember last year, I mean, the example I give last year was LSU lost to K-State by like 20 because they only had 40 players. They had an offensive line coach as the head coach. Yeah. Brian Kelly didn't want to coach the ball game. And it's not because they don't want to. It's because they can't coach the ball game and get all these other things in set. It's sure. You got a yep. small window to practice. So, and then you got players who are going to opt out, everything like that. We've seen lots of players who are going pro already. Yeah. It, um, it's craziness. So I would uh, be very, very careful if you're betting bowl games. Having said that, I do have um, a couple of picks later on. So. Okay. Um, this is also one of those fun weekends where we don't have a lot of college football, so we're going to have some NFL on Saturday. Will you be watching any NFL games on Saturday? Um, I'm sure I will. KU plays early tomorrow at 10 a.m. against Indiana in basketball, which is going to be a hell of a basketball game. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine I will have football on. Yeah. We've got a couple of good games in there. you got the Colts and the Vikings. I mean, the Colts have played pretty well. They're pretty steady under Jeff Saturday. And then the Vikings coming off that disappointing loss last week to the Lions, but uh, still a team that's 11-3, and three, and they've been playing well. Uh, it's under 10-3. They're playing well. And then the night game, Baltimore-Cleveland's the second game. Well, no Lamar Jackson. And I don't even want to talk about the other guy who's a quarterback over there in Cleveland. So I'll, <laughs> I'll – I'll have it on in the background, but I'll probably be doing some cleaning or something at the house during that. The sure. night game will be cool, though. Miami at Buffalo. Oh, that would be fun. This game. Dolphins need this game badly. Problem is, there's going to be a foot of snow on the ground. That's what I was going to say. Like, the, the system that's been pushing through is going to be kind of hanging out over yeah. New England for a few days. So. Yeah. so they're expecting a foot of snow between now and game time and probably snow during the game which works in the Buffalo's advantage. Buffalo's are running. They can run the ball. The Dolphins' offense is based on trying to get big plays out of Tyreek Hill, and it's just using that speed, and the snow is going to negate a lot of that. Yeah. So I was talking to Tyler Jones on his podcast, and I said I think we we had to pick that game, and I picked Buffalo, and I picked Buffalo to cover the spread, and I said I think you're going to see a big game from Josh Allen. I I think you'll also see a big game of him running the football. Well, that's what I was just thinking as you were talking about it. My only concern is that he could take a massive hit and yeah. combine it with the cold. It could yeah. be bad. Yeah, but if you watch him, it's funny because I, I said that a couple weeks ago, I said, I was watching one of their games and I said, I, and I get where you're going. I think you're right. I think you're spot mm-hmm. on. But it, he gives hits. He's yes. so big. I said, I think next to Derrick Henry, Josh Allen might be the hardest guy in the league to take down. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's – so I, I I I see where you're going with that. I don't disagree at all. I actually do agree with you because if he gets hurt, they're in trouble. Yeah. But – and if you're going to get it, it's going to be on that cold day with the snow and everything else. Yeah. I expect Buffalo to come out and, and, and call run plays for him. Yeah, no, I would imagine that he's going to be very active – um, and I, I have no doubt that they've got a heating system under their field and all that kind of stuff. They've got all these mitigations so the field doesn't turn to shit uh, right. with the wet and the cold and the melting and the refreezing. Uh, but yeah, that will be a, definitely an interesting game. And yeah, we're, we're now in the time of year where we're getting NFL Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh... Thursday night game was fun, and then now you got this one. You got these on Saturday, so that's kind of cool. Um, Your Kansas City Chiefs would be playing against the Houston Texans. Chiefs are big favorites. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I'm not touching that game. Not with a 10-foot pole. I'm not betting that one. My former boss gave us tickets to go to the the Chiefs game on on Sunday, so we saw him play the Broncos, and that should have been a blowout, and it wasn't, and – 
I agree that I, I would be real hesitant to touch him right now. The Chiefs have it covered. I think, let me look it back here. I'll make sure I'm right it's, here. They it's, covered last, covered it. They've covered one of the last seven. Yeah, it's oh, not that good. Yeah, that one cover was against the Rams. They were 14 point favorites, one by 16. Yeah. Um, they should be blowing teams out, and they're not. They should be. And they should absolutely blow out the Texans. The Texans are the worst team in the league record-wise. They're a 14-point underdog. Uh, last week, the Texans were a 17-point underdog to the Cowboys, and damn near beat the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lovey Smith's the coach of the Texans, and he's got a raw deal there. They do not have a good team. And, but but they he has play a glorious hard. beard. He does. And Lovey Smith's a hell of a coach. <laughs> he is. But he was brought in to be the coach for a season, maybe two, and get them from being really bad through some things. And then they'll next year be with somebody else because they'll have a new quarterback as well because they yeah. have first pick. Um, I just wouldn't touch it. And it's not because I think the Texans will play particularly well. It's because the Chiefs have played sloppy. They've played down to the competition. I 100% agree. They definitely have over the last month or two, especially. So yep. um, I'm going to watch it. I mean, I'll be glancing at it for sure. Um, actually, that's on at noon, which I didn't realize it was a noon game this week because um, I've already made a commitment to go to Johnny's West and watch the Detroit uh, Jets game, the Lions and the Jets, which is the Coach Bono's podcast game of the week. Now, we know- are, are, is this before or after they said that Mike White is not playing? Before, but I, I, it's not, it's not, let me explain. It's not having to do with Mike White or anything to do with the Jets themselves. It, it has to do with both these teams and both these coaches. Okay. Um, Uncle Rico and I, at the beginning of the season, we were like, what teams are you kind of like rooting for? Because mm-hmm. we like what we see. And those were one and one A. Well, I knew um, that you were with Hard Knocks. You were a big yeah, fan of what the Lions uh, All in Lions. And the Lions are the team for this podcast for the rest of the season. For the next month, I've got – I'm over, we're going to talk about the Lions every week because my Saints are awful. The Chiefs are overrated. And I think you said it best about the Chiefs. They play to their competition. Right. Um, so I think they'll be better in the playoffs. But the Lions have a real shot at making the playoffs. They can win out. And they have a schedule which they can win out. And what I like is I like that Dan Campbell, their coach, he is the guy you want to be in a foxhole with. Like he is, you want to play with for a guy like this. And Robert Salah, the fellow, the coach of the Jets, is the same way. Like if they had a quarterback, they'd be really good. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's been interesting and everything with Zach Wilson um, getting benched. And now he's a starting quarterback because of Mike White's uh, injury. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of that team responds to Zach, given them kind of uh, not believing in him. Yeah. This is going to be his opportunity. He's going to have to play well and he could win back his teammates by playing well this week because the, the Lions are coming. This is going to be yeah. a fun game. So those noon games, again, I've made a commitment. I'm going to be at Johnny's. I'll watch because I want to watch the Detroit Jets game. I'll have to put up with the Chiefs fans while I'm there, but that's okay. And then oh, in the right. afternoon, Joe Burrow's taking over the uh, the goat, passing the mantle to the new goat. Okay. Yeah. It's G-E-A-U-X-T, goat. Oh, okay. Of course. I figured that there would be a Cajun twist to it. Yes. Well, for those who don't know, so when Joe Burrow won the national title at LSU, Sports Illustrated had a special cover that had Burrow and it said GOAT. And it was G A U X T. And it was because he had the greatest season in the history of college football. Right. So, yeah, uh, the Bengals are going to destroy the the, uh, the, the Bucks. Joe Burrow is going to, you know, beat the GOAT in his home and take over. So. Yes. Boy, I sure hope I don't just put my foot in my mouth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I think I have a lot of confidence in the Bengals. I, I have confidence in Burrow. I don't have confidence in Zach, in Zach Taylor yet. Yeah. But the Bucks are bad. I can appreciate that. 
Yeah, but the Bucks are bad, and Brady's bad. Brady's played horrible. Well, and like you said, he's washed. So, absolutely. So, um, okay. Um, last thing, we got to get into our picks for the week. Do you have some picks this week? Do you have anything for me? Or we got to get caught up on where we're at. So, just so you know, yes. last yeah. week you picked KU minus three, they covered. Yeah, <laughs> strongly. <laughs> And you had the Nuggets, and I was with you on KU. I actually bet that game heavy. And then you picked the Nuggets, and you said, I don't know what the line is. That's because they their opponent had a game that night. So we didn't get to see the line as it was a day early. Um, they end up not covering. Okay. So you're new, you are now not, I'm sorry, 10, 8, and 1. I am, I'm, yeah, is that right? Yes. Um, I went one and two this past week. I had uh, the Vikings. I'm sorry, I had the Bengals and the Vikings. The Vikings lost. The Bengals won and covered. Um, the Vikings were the team I thought, well, look, plus two. They're at home against the Lions, and the Lions came out and just killed them. They crushed them. It was kind of ridiculous. So um, now we got to make our Caesar Sportsbook picks. That puts me for the season at 12, 15, and 1. How am I so bad in our picks but so good at the other picks? Um, probably because you broaden your picks for us. I don't know. Yeah. So um, I've got a couple of picks this weekend. Uh, first one, oh gosh, I had them here. They're both NFL games. Um, first, this is a, this is out there. I'm taking Buffalo and I'm laying seven. I think Buffalo is going to crush Miami. I do. I think that Buffalo is going to be going to, I think Buffalo is just really, really great. I think that weather is going to play a big part in it. I think that defense is going to be all over Tua and the lack of a run game. The, 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 the Dolphins have a different type of run game than the, the Bills do. Yeah. And need that vertical threat, it's just not gonna happen. So for the for the uh bill for the for the dolphins, I'll take the bills minus seven. My other pick of the week. This is not gonna make you happy. I'm so you're going the against the Bears. <laughs> no, I'm picking the Texans plus 14. I, I I think that's fair. Like you said, lay off the game or or take the Texans with the points because yeah. I, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to bet that game, but I don't know. There's a couple other games I'm looking at too, and I'll know a little more here later. But uh, I'm taking those two: the Bills minus seven, Texas plus fourteen. So I'm um, not, I'm not betting any of the um, bowl games this weekend. Okay, that's fair. They're all. I have trashy. one Friday. I'm betting UTSA on Friday. Oh, the, the afternoon game? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the afternoon game today. By the time this comes out, the game will already play. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, here are my bets. I'm going to okay. take three. Nice. Three. Um, two college basketball and one World Cup. Okay. Uh, so Xavier Georgetown have a game this afternoon in college basketball. Right now, uh, Georgetown is a 10-and-a-half-point dog. I liked what I saw when they were playing against Syracuse, and I think Patrick Ewing knows that he's about to get fired after the season if he doesn't start winning some games in the Big East. So I I think Georgetown is going to cover. Okay. Plus 10-and-a-half. I like it. Yep. Um, KU Indiana, I'm taking KU straight up. Spread hasn't been released yet. Those – College basketball is usually same day. So they play tomorrow at uh, 11 a.m. Central. My guess would be is that it's probably around a five to six point. I actually saw. I actually saw. KU because they're playing in Lawrence. Yeah. Um, I thought I saw KU by three. Okay. And it might be that close. Um, I'll have to go to a different app. Keep going. I'm sorry. So uh, I'll take KU straight up. I'm also okay. taking Argentina straight up to win the World Cup. 
So I want to bet on that game. I, I what scares me again, I don't know enough about soccer. And uh, I, I, I said I was going to root for France. I don't know why I'm rooting for France, but I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually won't be upset if Argentina wins because I mean, who doesn't like Messi? Right. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm rooting for France. I asked Jen to make French toast <laughs> for Sunday morning. So I thought it'd be kind of cool. I think I'm doing it. I think I'm rooting that way just for that reason. There you um, go. Yeah. So, uh, but I also just don't know enough about it. So I was looking at the at the odds on it. They were even. It was even money. It was like they were both. Yeah. Plus one seventy. I was like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. No. I. What I don't I'm have a decided at, advantage. I'm not doing it. Is that they're both plus one eighty, and that's the way soccer is. So. Yeah. Um, well, so what I had done earlier in the week when I bet the semifinals games is I won both semifinals. I did bet them both and I bet mm-hmm. it pretty heavy. I bet it as a parlay. I was like, look, I see the odds. I know these, I've been following the story a little bit. I think these are the two best teams. And then I called an old friend who knows more about soccer than I will ever know. Sure. And I said, tell me I'm right or tell me I'm wrong. And he was like, you're right. They're both going to win and they're both going to win in regular time. And I was like, done, let's go. So I, I broke off a little bit onto a two-team parlay. and Nice. I, I lost a couple of bucks going with the opposite teams. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So, but I, I broke off a little more than I probably should have, but I did it and it won and that was good. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I did have a three-team um, money line parlay from Thursday and Saturday NFL games. I had the 49ers on Thursday. And then I took Minnesota and Buffalo. I did money line on all three of them, parlayed them all together, and we'll see what happens. I'm I'm so far so good. Um, Caesars is trying to buy my bet out now. They're trying to get me get me to get out now. I'm of course they out. are. Cross your fingers, you'll yeah, be fine. So oh, one last thing I was going to tell you, thanks to our friends at Caesars, is I bet a same game parlay. I never bet those. I never ever 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 bet them. Mm-hmm. But I had a bonus. I had a boost. Yep. And so I was able to build one and I built one for Thursday night. Uh-huh. I put 10 bucks on it. I bet the 49ers to cover through the three and a half, the 49ers to go over 21 points, Kittle to score a touchdown, and McCaffrey to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I hit all four. Nice. And with the bonus on Caesars, I got plus 849. Wow. Yes. So eight. Uh, eighty-four dollars on ten was a kind of a nice pickup. Absolutely, so, uh, you can do that on Caesar Sportsbook. Check it out uh, in our show notes. You'll see the link. You can get on there. Uh, you get to get a deposit bonus when you use our link. Also, you will get up to twelve hundred and fifty bucks back in free bets on your first loss if you lose in your first bet. So don't bet twelve hundred dollars in your first game. No. I'll do that. But if you do lose, they will get you back with a free bet. And I do love that Caesars has little bonuses that come up. The one came yes. up for Thursday. I jumped on it and it was fun. To, it was great because I had it pretty much clinched at halftime. Like the, the 21st point was, um, it was over 20 and a half. And I was like, let's score 21. And they did. And right at the, right at the beginning of the third quarter. And, and it was McCaffrey, who score, who scores it, and then Kittle had scored in the first half, and I was like, "Well, now he's going to win the game." <laughs> yeah, just hang on. That's all I need. It's just hold on and win. So there really wasn't any doubt they were going to win throughout the second half. So yeah, well, so we thank the Caesar Sportsbook for uh, sponsoring the podcast, and don't forget to check that out for all your sports gambling needs. Um, e, is there anything else you want to jump on today? I know we're going to make this a quick episode today, and Get in and out. We both got stuff to do today. So, uh, no, not really. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the bowl season and um, the Christmas times and Hanukkahs and Kwanzaa's are all upon us. So, I hope everyone has as easy of the next couple of weeks as they can. Yeah. And just a uh, quick uh, letter by know what we're doing schedule wise is I will be back on, we'll have Mondays. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. We'll record Monday for Tuesday's podcast, Uncle Rico and I. So that'll come out on the 20th. Uh, we'll have one more pod late next week with uh, Ellen and I. It'll probably be next Friday. 
And then we will have a special pod coming out the morning of Christmas Eve. Uh, P Money is coming in to talk about, to get you prepped and ready for the NBA action on uh, Christmas Day. Christmas Day, nice. A lot of folks haven't been watching NBA games. They started earlier this year. So they're like two months into the season. People don't know what's going on. So P Money's breaking down all the games. He's going to tell you who's good, who's bad. Um, I can tell you right now that who's good is the Memphis Grizzlies, the Grizzles, as we call them here, the official team of the Coach Bono's podcast in the NBA. I know you hadn't heard that yet because you had listened to me and Rico's podcast yet. We chose the Grizzles as our team based purely off of one thing and one thing only. And that's that they win every time I bet on. We didn't go by whose favorite team because I would have picked the Pelicans being from New Orleans. That would have been boring to people. If we had chosen your favorite team, that would be the Nuggets, which Ricardo would have said he, Rico said he yep. would have voted for too. And I said, well, wait a minute. I'm the one who's on both pods, my name on the podcast. So I get more votes. Mm-hmm. So I chose the Grizzles, but I chose them only because of gambling needs. And Uncle Rico said his vote was swayed by that. So he came with me on that. Okay, got you. But we are going to keep an eye on the Nuggets as well as I, they're, they are a very, very good team. So, and uh, like I said, P Money, I'll have that as a special. It'll be out midday on Christmas Eve. We're actually going to record it late that week and we're going to get it out. So you'll know all about what you need to know for your Christmas Day viewing of the NBA. I love that the NBA does that. Uh, so we're going to have a bunch of like football all day and the NBA. I'm not leaving the house. Yeah. So it'll be. Um, We'll have that. Then we're going to go dark for a week. I'm not, we're not going to record anything the week between Christmas and New Year's. Taking the week off. Uh, I'm going to be traveling for a couple of days, as you well know, so I get to come see you. Yay! Fun. And uh, no podcast that week. We'll have something lined up for the first of the year. Uncle Rico and I'll be back in and we'll get it all squared away. So taking a week off in the middle. But I want to let everybody know where we're at. So awesome. Thank you. So much, E, for coming in today. I appreciate it as always. And uh, we want to thank Tyler uh, Jones, everybody in Studio Soapbox, all they do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five-star review. So until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody.